When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Good morning. <laughs> oh my God, nobody has ever messed up more than me this morning. Oh, and tell us. Well, basically, I was told that Isla was going back to school this morning. So um, I'll get her ready. I even did French plats. By the way, that takes me a really long time to do. Into the uniform, she's looking really smart. I do this really emotional post at the door. Bye, Bear, Yay. just like that. You've gone, these holidays are over. Dosa takes her to school. The school's closed. She doesn't go back till tomorrow. Oh my God, that's, I bet there are so many parents listening to this who have done that before because it is oh, so confusing so. when they don't start on a Monday. Like, Why do they not start on the Monday? I don't know. I really don't know. But we've all been there. And then what And then what else? There was something else as well. What, well, what luckily, luckily her mum was there to drop off her rucksack. So she just went back with her mum and she was voice noting me going, I've got an extra day of Easter holiday. So she's over the moon. The Actually, sec- that's amazing for Isla. Can you imagine? Like imagine turning up to work and then them being like, oh, sorry, you've got the day off. It's the same. That That is a wonderful feeling. <laughs> Go and have a spa day. That would be yeah. the dream, wouldn't it? Um, the second one was... I then took the littlies up to school before I left, handed Luna the packed lunches. I was like, you take those because I had the bags and coats and everything to take up. She just left them outside of our house and I just drove off without them. So when I get to school, I was like, where are the packed lunches? She was like, I just left them outside the front door. I was like, well, why did you do that? So then obviously had to go back and collect them. I just basically failed at life this morning but I did it with a smile on my face I'm fine you did and no one got hurt in the process so it doesn't matter does very it? very true and listen Not first weekend deal. of uh, freedom for lots of people obviously people living in Scotland and Wales it's slightly different rules but did you go to a pub garden at the weekend I actually didn't no I'm just trying to think what I've I had a day out in London on Thursday which was lovely went to lots of different places which was that great. lovely yeah it was really nice and you know what it was really buzzy I think we we were in the city first of all so like near Liverpool Street and that felt like very sad and empty um but once we got into like central it was great um I haven't been to the pub have you 
I haven't even been to the pub. Can you believe it? And someone sent me a message going, I am really disappointed in you because <laughs> I expected you to be the first person in the pub on Monday. I haven't been yet, but... Can't get this, a booking though. Can't get a bloody booking. <laughs> Literally can't no. get a booking. This week I plan on getting absolutely shit-faced one of the days. Unconfirmed which day yet, but um, I'm going to... I will be in a pub at some time this week. And to everyone living in Wales and Scotland, we're feeling you, we're thinking of absolutely. you and keep going. You're nearly there. Yeah, it's not long, I don't think, for you guys. And also the shops being open and stuff like that. Um, that's not long either so no it helps it, it yeah. helps that we can now mooch around the shops although again it's quite like I went into Guildford at the, um, last week and it was mad, mad busy mental yeah, people and I just is. was just a bit like oh let's get out of here I know and <laughs> Primark Primark seems to be the shop people were queuing everyone was, I quite fancy going and I was like oh do you know what I think I might go like put the kids to bed James is obviously home I could nip out at like seven o'clock and get like the last couple of hours have a mooch in Primark but apparently people still queue at that time so I'm afraid I love you Primark but I'm not it ain't happening that. it ain't it's happening it's really not um, well listen we need to get into the chat today we recorded this um, a couple of weeks back during lockdown and we were so excited to talk to Mylene actually because we've been trying to sit down with her for a while and what a woman she is and it was such a fascinating conversation I feel like we went all through the kind of um, the subjects in her life we talked about blended families Mm. We talked about um, obviously music, such a big part of her life, but also I found really fascinating how she teaches her children about money, um, something we've never really discussed before and something I've probably not really even thought about too much, um, but now it is certainly something that I am going to take on board. Um, yeah, yeah money so, and, yeah, and also music. And yeah. music. We, t- we talked a lot about you know what sort of age you should start Um, kind of maybe giving your kids piano lessons or you know getting them a tambourine or just like introducing that side of life because obviously they are all classically trained in the house I mean talk about uh, overachievers what 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 an amazing family of musicians so yeah it was really interesting um we've kind of given it away but who are we chatting to today (laughs) today in case you hadn't already guessed we're chatting to Mylene Class. Well, you can tell by our faces how excited we are to sit down with this amazing woman today. Uh, Mum to three, but also stepmum. She has been in a pop group. She is a presenter. She's a radio broadcaster. She is an insanely talented musician. And every time we see her play the piano or any other musical instrument that she can play, we kind of go green with envy. That's so nice of you. That's so nice of you. Because I was getting all my children ready for school this morning and nobody's been nice to me about anything because everything's gone wrong, as usual. Well, today you can hear her voice. You can see her face. It's Marlene class welcome to the podcast hello before we start Mylene you've got another skill which has blown Zoe and I's mind we're not Zoe and I are not at the stage where our kids are losing teeth yet but now we know what to do can you share your story with everyone I'm sitting in my daughter's bedroom as you can see that's what I'm talking about things going wrong I'm sitting in my daughter's bedroom and I I just found this note here says do not use Ava's sink and she'd put it up on Ava's sink because last night she lost a tooth. And I didn't know this until I saw this note. Uh, And while she was rinsing the tooth in the sink, the tooth went down into the sink. And I was like, what's this note? She went, I've lost my tooth. But, you know, I've put a note there so no one, you know, washes it away. But, you know, we're going to get it out. I'm going to get it out. Uh, Okay. So uh, I said to her, could you go down and get my toolkit? Like go and get a wrench or something so I can take off, um, take the pipe apart. And while she was doing this, I feel a bit naughty, but I went to my secret stash of teeth. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's amazing. So you just pretended that you were kind of Bob the Builder. And well, I got put, this plunger. Oh, look, so I got my plunger. So, but this is not going to do anything. This is not going to like make a, a tooth, you know, suddenly like uh, spring back up the the waste pipe. But I did this plunger, and I was like, "Oh, here, I don't need, I don't need it now." Because look, it's here's the tooth, and then I surreptitiously sort of approached her with it, and she went, "Oh, yeah, that is my tooth." Oh, so yes. <laughs> brilliant I mean I didn't even identify which tooth it was I just sort of it was the one that I had in my little jewelry box because you know when they first start losing their teeth you're like I can't possibly throw anything away so I just had some loose teeth genius we, we talk Georgia and I do like mum hacks every now and again and I feel like There's that's gonna there. go in our reel of mum hacks because that's yeah genius. some teeth because when they lose the teeth and they're absolutely devastated yeah Oh, this is brilliant. Some teeth. So I just sort of wraps it up in a tissue and then put it under a pillow and we were good to go. But yeah, this morning it's all, everyone's back on the school run again. And it's that just, it, I forgot how manic it is. Yeah. We, we like to ask our guests when we first start, like, how are you? Like genuinely, how are you? How's lock, lockdown been? And, and what is it like in the class household at the moment? Do you know, at the minute, it's pretty peaceful because both my girls are at school, baby's having lunch, but usually it's quite manic. But I like manic. I, I kind of thrive on it. Um, as long as I've got coffee to hand, we're all good. But yeah, it's. I think everyone's just trying to just get their heads around what's happened. You know, yeah. that we're back again, or are we back? The girls are feeling quite discombobulated about it. Ava was worried if she'd have enough money on her zip card, and then how am I going to use, you know, it's just things like that, that you're just like, oh, yeah. You're going to have to use transport again and oh, all those things that you forget. But I think people have been through so much. It's just about getting back on the horse again, isn't it? Absolutely. And how were they going back to school? I think there's been a lot of mixed feelings. I mean, my son ran in sick of the sight of me, but it it wasn't like that for <laughs> That's everyone. Not true. Like, <laughs> no, no, it, it is true. true. It is it true. Is oh, true. Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. Yeah, 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 it's true. It's true. Um, he's only four, <laughs> but he's very vocal in in his thoughts. Um so- <laughs> but you know it wasn't like that for everyone you know there was lots of tears it was like the first day again uh they were both a bit anxious they were both a bit anxious I think because when you actually add it up they've they've effectively been away from school for a year and I think that I I suppose they just weren't sure what it was going to be like so yeah Hero the night before um the first day of school Hero and I we both had a good old blah because she said I'm gonna miss you and then she said to me I think you should put away my homeschooling area because you're going to be ruined in the morning when you see me and I'm not here (laughs) you'll be weeping you're going to be ruined she said I don't know where she got that from but she was right so I was sort of clearing it away and I was just thinking you know it's I like having them there their company and just chopping up little bits of fruit and giving it to them you know as they're doing their lessons and just having that insight into what their their schooling life is like because you don't really get to hear them interacting with their friends normally or see it but it's not normal they shouldn't be you know at home with mum especially you know Ava who's nearly 14 they need to be in a social circle and and, and just sort of navigating the, the, that entire uh, malay who knows you know what they've missed out on it's I think it's going to be quite interesting it's yeah. funny that you talk about the snacks. I saw something on social the other day of somebody saying, I just don't know how my child's going to cope without 452 snacks every single day. <laughs> like that. Do you want a snack? Do you want a snack? Do you want a snack? Well, they come to you, mummy, 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 mummy. You're like, you just ate. You're, go- you're actually going to have to do two hours at school where you're not going to have a snack. Yeah, no, you're not going to be eating. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's actually unbelievable. Where do they put it all? And the problem know. is they snack, so I snack. 
Oh, yeah. We we asked you what you had for breakfast and you were like, I'm a mum. I basically just eat all of the soggy stuff that's been left Whatever was left over, I can't bear to throw it out. It's just such a waste. So I just sort of go along and polish everything up like Goldilocks and all the bowls. It's not pretty, (laughs) but it's not wasteful. There's been lots of um, really lovely stories of things that have come out of lockdown and, you know, spending a lot of time with the family, the quality time that we wouldn't have normally got. And one of the things that's been really, really brilliant to watch with you guys is music class. So just talk us through how you started that. So we started uh, Money's Music Class um, when the online lessons, when that that sort of popped up that week, then, you know, everyone suddenly said that, you know, we're going to be having online lessons. And then I saw the mum WhatsApp group from one of my daughter's schools and they were like really panicking about it. And I just said, look, I know what I can do. I can do the music lessons. I'm not saying that I can yeah. do trigonometry or uh further science, but I can, I can do the music lessons. So the girls and I started it and I'm so grateful that we've had this opportunity to do it. I was looking over some of the videos um, last night and just to see how we've, we've grown, you know, we've set up a mini studio. So yeah. I'd say to the girls now, you know, can you set up, can you set up the lighting rig? And they, they just know where everything goes and how it all sets up and where the microphones go. Then we'd work on the class itself. We taught free lessons to whoever wanted them, any age group, because music is, you know, it's, it's all inclusive. And it was everything from kitchen instruments and wooden spoons and banging out rhythms to learning how to do basic paradiddles, like a starter rhythms on a drum, all the way through to learning more advanced music theory lessons from um, different textures of music, history of music, but still because the girls were involved, making it really accessible and something that other kids would want to learn. It's just, it's been incredible. It got added to curriculum, school curriculums. My sister messaged me in Australia saying, I got a link that I should look at, you know, for free music lessons. And it was you lot, you all popped up. (laughs) That's amazing. Do you know what? It's actually really one of the things that I've worried about um, is the children missing out on these subjects you know there's been so much focus on them being behind on their maths and their English and I know like at my son's school there's been no after school clubs this year Um, and I don't think there's actually any music lessons or one-to-one music lessons do you think that that's kind of a general feeling like a lot of people are just concentrating on all the other stuff what's the first thing you do you know when you want to cheer yourself up you put some music on you know what's really what binds everyone together you go to festivals you know you go see concerts together everyone loves music nobody doesn't love music you watch a film it's got music in it it's just all around you whether it's subliminal or it's something that's intentional that you put on it's all around you and then to have that just taken away I think that's a massive gap for so many people. It's like the soul, like the, you know, where you plug in your soul, it just got unplugged. And I, I wanted to, to make sure that we could fill that gap because that's something that I know is so important because I feel like it unifies all the other subjects. So, so you know, it. I've, I've been teaching my stepdaughter. She's never picked up an instrument in her life. And we've been doing, you know, grades together as well because she's been watching what my girls do. And it's picked up all her other subjects. So, you know, her maths has improved because music is so abstract. You need to show where the bars are and how you come in on which beat. And so you're breaking down the abstract. And then when you apply it to maths or even to, you know, English and interpretation, it just ties everything together. And so you're learning, but you don't think you're learning, which is basically the best way to teach kids anyway. And so to have seen it again, like added to curriculums, which meant that head teachers were looking at these classes and giving them the seal of approval, that was amazing. That was that was really amazing. It's, it's also meant that the girls could do something on socials that didn't just involve 
lip syncing. I wanted them to do something. <laughs> yeah, and music, no. music's obviously been such a huge part of your life and continues to be. At what age did you say to the girls, right, you know, we're going to start now? Or did they come to you and say, I want to learn the piano? Because I'm thinking about that with Luna. She's four, nearly yeah. five, loves music. Ah, we always have right it age. on. Is that's it? The age. That's okay. the age. That's the age. So I never said, we are going today to learn music. I just sat them at the piano. If you see my, my stories on my Insta with the baby, he, he knows how to play. You know, he knows how to sit at the piano and where to put his hands. Wow. Whereas I'm not saying he can play, play, like, you know, play me some Elton John, but he can, he knows the process of sitting, opening the lid and what, if you, you know, the, the action of if you hit a note that you'll get a sound. So I think it's just showing them at their levels, you know, what, you, you know, that's the other thing. Um, on Wednesdays for online classes, I just did um, like gigs but lullabies because I know people were missing those kind of classes that you were talking about just shaking maracas and stuff yeah and it was really good because it was people were just like messaging oh can you play Elton can you play Beyonce and we just did it in a lullaby style and that was brilliant too because I think the age group where they can't speak and express what they're missing but they do miss banging on a, a drum or shaking a maracas I don't I don't think you can say that music is only until you know starts at four or five I think just throw them into it immediately because they kind of do those little waddles anyway don't they when the music yeah. comes on oh George we were getting it right when we were just putting our kids on the floor and they were just smashing into saucepans with wooden spoons we were exactly we, were right. we, we were didn't have to buy them yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you were right you were right it's the most like this it's the it's the entry point for music it's so good it's really good and in terms of just like music lessons and stuff I'm, I'm like really interested in this do you yeah. just kind of you know word of mouth find somebody locally and then four to five is quite a good age to get them you know like you said it's quite a good age to sort of start them off Think? I think find a good yeah. teacher is yeah. so important. Yeah. My daughter started teaching, so I don't give her any pocket money. Wow. Because um, uh, I think that they get enough. <laughs> you know? you just yeah. it, Otherwise, it starts getting ridiculous. I think they have to learn the value of money. So she is now teaching. And she's got five. No, she's got six pupils now. And wow. so it teaches her time management. It, you know, she's got to be organized with it. She's got to plan her lessons. And then she then has to manage her money. She's got like a little ledger. Both girls get ledgers. So they know how to manage their money. I think it's so important for women, especially yes. to understand how to manage their money. Yeah. Because as women, we're often, we're the ones who get left behind. We don't want to ask for our pay rise. We don't want to, we're not always on top of our finances like that. So I just thought, well, you know, I'll let her teach. She's 13 and she's got six little pupils now and they all love her. They absolutely love her. And I think that that's what's important, getting a good teacher that inspires you because then your kid will keep coming back for those lessons. If they don't enjoy the classes, change the teacher. Okay, and you you just touched on (laughs) um, teaching your kids about money though, because I I actually saw this on your Instagram and I found it so interesting. Will you just talk us through like how how you've done that? Because I mean, we've got quite young kids, and should we be starting now? Like I do try, but it's how, yeah. I think when you put age limits on things, then you're you're then using what your experience is. is. But if you let them lead you, then I think it's quite interesting to see because actually money is an abstract concept like music. So I I treat it in an abstract way. So I get pasta pieces and I give all the girls their wages. I put it all out on the table and then we put the pot in the middle and I say, right, here's the house. Let's do household budget. So first up, I need the mortgage or I need the rent. So I take the biggest amount of that. I'll say, give me 10 pasta pieces. They enjoy counting it out, chucking it into the pot. Now I need um, I need water rates. In they go. Gas. In it goes. Now I need um, 
money for the car, petrol. It just breaks down that actually when you say how to manage a house or household budget, they've got a better idea of what goes into it. You are and brilliant. I love well, this. They lo- it's really funny because we do it every single time. They still love the element of surprise of it or mock surprise. So the pot, I always wait until they've got one pasta piece left after I've said uniforms, food, water, as we've discussed. And then I'll say, right, what are you going to do with this pasta piece? Because that's yours. You can either put it in your savings or you can go to the cinema with your mates. What are you going to use that money for? So they all tell me what they're going to do. Ava's going to buy some new shoes. Hera's going to go out with her friends and, and, and get a milkshake. And then I say, oh, no, it's all gone wrong. We've got a roof, a hole in the ceiling. The, the roof is leaking. Chuck it in the pot. And I think it's that element of surprise. They love the shock of, but it's my last piece of pasta. Yeah. It's my last, my, it's my last savings. And I'm like, and that is exactly... That's how it goes. Yeah. I was having a conversation. (laughs) I was having a conversation with Axel about this this morning because he said to me, he keeps asking for things all the time. He was like, when I'm at school today, can you get me a surprise? Can you get me this PJ Masks Catboy toy? And I said, Axel, like, and I have been rewarding him a lot because of trying, you know, the homeschooling thing. I had been buying him more because I felt so bad on him. And so obviously just trying to overcompensate. And so I said to him, and Axel, you know, toys cost money and you can't always you can't always have a new toy just for going to school. And he said, well, have you not got any money left? And I said, no, 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 not it's really. not about not having any money left, Axel. No. It's just, yeah, yeah it's just really. you don't spend all your money on toys. And he goes, it's all right, I'll just sell my old ones. And part of me was like, mm, okay, quite that's, quite, that's quite clever. But also like, no just know like you, you're not I'm not going to get you pick you up a toy today and I just think it's really hard to not put a burden on them that they're worried that we've run out of money no, you're putting an emotional attachment to it because yeah. they don't have a clue about money mm, let's be honest yeah. here it is that abstract it's like if you say to a child how much is that car they'll go uh a billion pounds yeah and then if you say well how much is that house they'll say like uh 30 pounds it's just it's mean money means yeah. nothing at this point so to to put an emotional attachment to it I think is what we do but if you make it abstract for them just to say well those trainers would be like 30 pasta pieces yeah they then can in their head quantify that that's a lot of pasta as opposed to it's a pasta piece and that's about as much as you can get at certain ages but I think the bigger lesson is they know that things are going into the pot and coming out of the pot and also when you say run a house I remember when I first got my flat um in my 20s I was renting and I was like uh what do I do now just Mm. didn't know what to do next didn't know that I have to sign up for house insurance didn't know didn't know that what water was going to be separate to the electricity which is separate to the gas which I just didn't know until you know you don't know yeah and I love the fact that you've touched on especially as women it's the it's the biggest gift that my mum gave me was saying to me you know fall in love with whoever you choose go on amazing adventures do whatever you want to do but never go into a marriage or a relationship or a life partnership without having your own money whatever that looks like have your career and save your own cash not keep it separate and don't share it just be financially independent know how much things cost you know be able to buy your own stuff and I'm really grateful to her for doing that to me and I already try and do that with the kids now and just say if you want to get something it's going to be sweeping the floors or (laughs) helping mummy with the washing or helping me with the packed lunches and like I just don't want them to be served on hand and foot because that's how I that's how I feel like yeah you don't want them to be someone's pet 
No. Yeah. Because then, you know, it's almost like asking for permission. You know, can I get some new shoes? It's like, why would you want that for your children? Yeah. I don't want that for them. I want them to have that financial independence. We go to work because obviously we want to provide for our families, but also I think I want them to learn we go to work because we love our jobs. Otherwise, yeah. I don't want to train them up to go and get into a job that's going to be miserable for the next 40 years. That's and there, there are also going to be periods in our life, I think, where, you know, if uh, as a woman, if we've had the baby, we're not going to be able to go out and work. And there's going to be periods yeah. where that that balance isn't, you know, so there's going to be lots of people listening that are stay-at-home mums doing an absolutely yep. fantastic job that aren't currently working or choose not to work. And that works for them. I just think it's a very, very, very personal decision. It's like you're either comfortable with that or you're not comfortable with that. And um, yeah, But um, ultimately, whatever that is, whatever your life looks like if you if you have a choice that's a different that's yeah a, that's a different scenario altogether if something's imposed upon you then you're stuck and yeah, the worst absolutely. thing in the world as I always say to my daughters is to feel helpless because you've got nowhere to go but yeah. you know you're, you're the mercy of others but if you've got a choice even if it's just I want the red shoes not the blue shoes I want the chocolate bar not the packet of crisps I mean it doesn't have to be the most epic choice but it has to be a choice and their choice and so I think just to have conversations about money I wasn't allowed to have those conversations about money in my household because my mum and dad didn't want to worry me with bills because I remember thinking oh I wish someone would write some you know I wish I could get some post it looked like fun to open up the post and (laughs) use that little cutter to open up the envelopes and I remember my dad saying you wait because it's just all bills and now he's right, they are mostly bills, but I didn't have that dialogue. And I really wish that I had done because later it's like a shock. And they, it's, I suppose it's the, are you protecting them from being an adult too soon or are you protecting them from a reality that they're going to have to learn and you've just put an emotional attachment to it again? Are, so, are there any yeah, conversations off the table, Miley, with the girls? Never. Not one single thing, not a single thing. Because if they can ask the question, I will, I will answer it. In a way that I still think is appropriate to them, but I never say we'll talk about that when you're older. Never. Whatever it is, we'll talk about it. Now, now this is interesting because I have a I have a stepchild. And you yeah, I'm not gonna ask you the specifics on it. Well, um, but I think what it is is like there's like people I know who'll be shocked saying that's not age appropriate. Or you should, and I'm like, it's again, it's how you sell it in. You yeah. can still say it's an adult subject, or you can say it's an adult topic, but you, just to say we're not going to talk about it because it's not it's not it's not for you well then that adds more curiosity to it and then it means someone will give them the wrong information on yeah any front you remember things that you got the wrong information on from drugs to to sex to alcohol I do this thing with the girls where I put all the glasses from the um, cocktail cabinet in a row and then I give them like a jug of water and I say pour me a measure and it's really interesting to see their little faces that a beer and a shot of say tequila I know it's mm. we are using water here but just to see how their their heads compute that because yeah. then you don't want them to be the one at the party that's like I'll take a pint of vodka you know yeah. well, they will but they will do that at some point probably <laughs> like, hopefully they'll know that that's about 50,000 shots in that yeah it's information it's just to get abstract yeah. isn't it sorry yeah. what, were you gonna, what were you saying well well, I was just saying about the the subject of that there isn't a topic that's off off the table because uh, both Georgia and I feel very much the same. Like obviously doing this podcast, but the way we've been brought up, we can talk to our parents and our families about anything. But we both have stepchildren. Now that's where the the lines get blurred slightly for me, and I feel a different level of responsibility because 
I talk to Luna about periods. Like she comes into the loo with me, you know, we discuss How them. old is she? Well, she'd be five in September, but I, I feel like she's very curious and she's looking yeah. and she wants to know what's going on. And I just, I feel very comfortable. Dozer and I spoke about it and I just don't necessarily go into the nitty gritties of it because I don't think she could understand it, but I just explain, I don't try and shy away from it. But Isla, who's going to be eight in May, is obviously not my biological daughter. So when she comes into the loo with me and she's like, you know, she'll be doing whatever she's doing and we'll be chatting and stuff. And she'd be like, you know, I heard, you know, you're talking about periods and what's that? And then I'm like, well, you're not my biological child. So it's not necessarily my responsibility. And then I start thinking, am I to be the one to have those discussions with her? Or do I have to say, do you know what? Go and speak to your mummy. It's weird. That side of it, I find yeah. a little bit challenging in the family. That's that's it. What do you, because you've got stepchildren, how do you feel? I mean, step, being a step mum is just a whole other set of challenges that no one trains you up to be a mum, let alone a step mum. And we get such a bad press from Disney and from the fairy And I think it's quite interesting because I didn't actually realise the the history behind step parents, especially step mums. But back in the day, I don't know if you know this, forgive me if I'm like teaching you to suck eggs, but it comes from because women didn't have jobs, they weren't in positions of choice as we've discussed. They were um, basically reliant on whoever the man was that took them into the house. And so you would really very much have to solidify your place in that house. And if you had children as well yourself, then you would have to make sure that they were looked after as well. So it is a real jostling for, for position and for place and for power. And often you didn't come into a household because of a divorce. You came in because of a death. So again, it's, it's, you know, a real grievance that you're coming in in those conditions. So I suppose with, when you hear the setup, someone's died and you're then trying yeah. to you know, make sure that you've got position, it's not really going to be conducive to like a nice happy household. So as a result, then this is what, the, you know, that's the legacy that we've been left yeah. with. And our step parents, we really try hard because I mentioned this on a post recently, being part of a blended family, that's the, the, the biggest growing family now you know 2.4 became 1.7 and now it's the blended family and your 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 family has been born out of failure you know either a relationship has gone wrong or you know it's it's not just we're in a really happy situation that's why we're all together so from that foundation you're then trying to build something again and the children are just sort of the collateral in the middle that you need to really make sure you're looking after. And it really takes you being the most mature you can possibly possibly be, even when you just don't want to be. Yeah. And I think there are just so many things thrown into the mix, but I just keep on thinking, you know, try and be the adult that, you know, you would want to have had as the child, you know, in your life. And I keep really reminding myself of that. And if someone asks a question, I try and answer it as clearly as I can. We'll be right back after the short break. Hi, I'm Vernon Kay. And I'm Holly Mackay. And we're here to tell you about our brand new podcast, Parenting Past the Pandemic, brought to you by Aviva. Yes, we're going to be delving into a whole heap of parenting topics from the generational gap to online safety. And some of the big topics which have come up through the pandemic, such as helping to manage our kids' anxieties and how we can affect the world they'll grow into. Parenting past the pandemic. Find it wherever you found this podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? How, how would you describe your relationship with um, Simon's kids, your stepchildren? And at what point, sort of, you know, how have they reacted to you? And, 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 and like, if you, I don't like to put labels on things, but if I was to describe my relationship with Isla, I would say we are the best of friends, but I feel a responsibility as a sort of mother <laughs> which is why it's confusing because she has an amazing mum. So I'm not trying to be her mum, but also I've known her since she was 18 months old. So wow, she's like my baby, but I have wow. to hand her over to somebody. It's really quite challenging at times, you know. Um, I've known the children now for six years, coming up to six years, which is more than half their life you know when you think that they're both the same ages as my own children so in our household we have two nine-year-olds two 13-year-olds and then the baby who is 19 months now and so you know that's it's incredible to see the friendships that have grown from that because I think you know with Ava and Hero being nine and 13 you can see that as one becomes a teenager, goes goes well, one goes into becoming a woman. That gulf really does start to to you know broaden, and it's been really nice that then Hero in turn has has somebody her own age to play with. But would you choose those people in normal life as friends? I, that I don't know because suddenly you're all just thrown together, and it is just here, your stepsisters. And I think they've been phenomenal with it. So um, the girls, the, the two nine-year-olds call themselves the twinnies. They don't look anything alike. <laughs> <laughs> not not uh... any way similar, but they call themselves the twinnies. So we all call them the twinnies. Are the twinnies in the car? Where are the twinnies? Are they are playing in the bedroom. It's like they're just, they are very, very close. And the teens, the biggies, they, yeah. um, again, they're very, very close too. Because, you know, Ava, whilst um, Sim's son is a boy um they're they're very physically matched you know Ava loves to do all the same thing so we've been very fortunate in that way or I say fortunate or have we you know we've tried to you know direct it in that way but for my own relationship no one taught me how to do this and I kind of just I said to Sim when we first all you know were living in the house together I said that I'm not going to tell your children off because that's I just don't feel that's like my role and within 10 minutes (laughs) Well, that had gone out the window while well, one of them was trying to hang off the monkey bars and one was trying to put a ball through a window. And in the end, I just changed all that around and I sat them down around the table and I said, look, 
the only way we're going to do this, I see it that we're all on a boat. This is how I view it. And if one of you rocks the boat, we're all going to feel it. And if one of you goes overboard, I'm going to grab you. I'm going to make sure you're safe. And that's the only way we're going to get through it, that we're all in this together. And it's funny because whenever, you know, if anything gets a bit rocky or if anybody's in trouble, we all just say, remember the boat, remember the boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what we just try and do. So I don't even try and label it anymore. Um, I... I it's a tricky one. It really is a tricky one because then as soon as you put the labels on board, you're different things to different people. Yeah. You know, so I'm mum to my girls, but then I'm not called step mum by Sims children. I'm just called no. Big Leany. That's a whole other story. Oh. Big Leany. I like that. <laughs> I'm called Big Leany and it sounds like I just should own a calf. <laughs> We're going to Big Leany's for a fry up. And I said to Sim, do they have to call me that? But it's just stuck. <laughs> Um, I guess this question might be more relevant to the teen, the teenagers. Um, I guess as they get, you know, a bit older and they're growing into young adults, I guess those big decisions come, I don't know, like friends holidays. What happens when, you know, their mum doesn't want them to go on a friends holiday, but you're happy for your daughter to go on a girl's holiday? How that's just an example. But you know, those kind of big decisions where they might feel like it's unbalanced and unfair how how would how are you going to kind of approach those situations if they uh, happen I mean I can't talk from you know the other side of things because that would not be appropriate for me to do so but what I can say is we just live by our house our rules it's yeah. the only way that we can make it work yeah. otherwise it's impossible yeah <laughs> yeah actually impossible so I said to all of them I'm just going to treat you fairly you know if you're if you're all doing well great and if one of you's in trouble you're all in trouble because that's how it works (laughs) with siblings and they're cool with that and I think that's kind of what they want and um I think that as as a blended family you start treating one person differently that causes more problems Mm. so and they just see themselves as, as siblings anyway they all they all call themselves you know brother and sister and don't think twice about it and that's yeah, really nice that's lovely that's really nice so but we nice. Uh, we just you know our house our rules and 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 that seems to be the the easiest way of dealing with it but it's been really nice I've had to work harder as a stepmom to find my role in their lives yes or our, our bond if you like so for me and um Sim's daughter it's piano lessons I take her for grades now I don't teach anymore but she's the only person I teach other than my daughters and it's you know that's been incredible that's been incredibly bonding yeah um but then again I have to then go Sim you tell her to practice because that's not my role here I'm the teacher you're gonna have to go back and go why haven't you done your practice I can't do both I cannot do both yeah yeah because then it blurs the where the line is with his son his son waits till everyone's out of the room then we have some really in-depth conversations and he gets me to do you know he things that that he really needs someone um, just, I suppose, just to carry out things that he wouldn't normally ask anyone to do. Yeah. Um, which is, again, is really, really lovely. Or if he's got an interest um, or he wants to learn about business, we'll sit and do a ledger together or we'll try and um, just build up on those things together. I work really hard on that too because I've never before having my baby, you know, known what it's like to, to raise a boy. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think you have learned as a person by being a stepmom? What attributes have you or or what sort of soul searching have you had to do since becoming oh, a stepmom? Every hour on the hour. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. You know, and the thing is you can't always talk 
as candidly as you want to because there's so many other elements involved you'll know exactly what I mean by that so um I, I I didn't I would never have said I was right for this job ever because I don't think I have the patience or all the answers and yet here I am trying to find the patience and all the answers and you just just do because there's little people relying on you and those little people don't stay little forever and they'll remember and I've got friends who've who've got step parents and were raised in blended families who had a terrible experience and I do not want my children to see that because they might know find themselves in this scenario or I don't want my stepchildren to ever turn around and say you did this for them and you didn't do that for us yeah. so I'm just really trying I'm just really trying my best I mean just trying my best yeah it sounds like you're doing an amazing job and like you said there's no there's no book that you can open and say all right well this is what you're supposed to say or this is how you're supposed to feel and I think I had my first pain like real painful experience by being a step parent last week where, you know, obviously the kids have never known a time without each other. Isla was a baby, you know, when I met her and then when Luna was born, she was three and there's never been stepbrother, stepsister. They're just, you know, brothers and sisters. And then Isla turned around to me the other day out of nowhere and said, well, you treat me differently to the way you treat Luna. And it was so painful because I love her so much. Like she, it makes me feel emotional even saying that because I've put my whole life into raising her as my own. She didn't even mean it. And I had to take myself off into the laundry and like, just like, and then come out. And I was like, that hurts me because, you know, we have to stay together as a team. And if you want to have a conversation about how you think I'm treating you differently, I would love to think of the boat. Think of the boat. (laughs) But, you know, and then it was fine. We, We really got to the bottom of it. But I would never want her to think that ever. Like that would be the worst thing because I love them. I love them all like my own, you know, because I've never known a time without Isla since being with her dad. So, but it is tricky. It's very, very tricky. I hear you. Look, it's when I buy Easter eggs, I buy five Easter eggs. I don't, yeah. I don't buy three, then yeah. two. I don't, I just, I just buy five. When I go, when, when we're booking a holiday, we're booking a holiday en masse. It's like, you know, I just, I, I and it's everything we do. It's like the traveling circle. circus now. There's seven of us. Nobody, when you just not, said that, I was like five, oh, five God. children on a holiday. No, no, oh no, 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 no. Holiday. Here's the other thing. <laughs> I had to be really, really clear. It's like being a sergeant because there's five children, five. And when we first got together, I said to Sim, we went to a fireworks display. I think he thought I'd lost my mind. <laughs> But we walked in, I went, this is the muster point. You know, I'm, I'm a Navy brat. My dad was in the Navy and, and I didn't think it, anything of it. This is the muster point. If anyone gets lost, and Sim was like, what? <laughs> what is she doing? And I've got a flag. Like, like, I'm here. Yeah. But I think he must have thought of himself as Maria Von Trapp, you know, up and down the mountain singing while I was like the captain blowing the whistle. But you know what happened? His son went to go and get a hot dog, got discombobulated in the dark with the fireworks and the crowds, got lost. So he went straight to the muster point and he came back and he went, thank you for the muster point. (laughs) (laughs) It's so ridiculous because we were all so emotional because we were like, where is he? Oh my God, where is he? But he'd gone to the muster point. Amazing. Everyone was really happy. And I was literally standing there crying into my hot dog like... (laughs) 
what are we doing? But it, it's things like that when it does start to work that you're like, I think we're going to be okay. And then it falls apart again a minute later because someone's lost their coat or something else has happened or I have to do the counting of the heads like Home Alone. Have we got everybody? I love Thank that. Goodness. You're amazing. We've got to talk about <laughs> breastfeeding, Georgia. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Zoe and I love having chats about feeding kids. I think there's so much information out there, so many different opinions. And we love to hear like a really positive breastfeeding story. I think we probably didn't have the breastfeeding journey we thought we were going to have. And so it's really interesting for us to hear when it does go right. Can you just talk to us a little bit about breastfeeding for you and how it's been? So I didn't plan on breastfeeding until I was literally holding Ava and then the bottle went out the window because I just had a total, you know, a U-turn. I didn't, I, when I think back, it's like 13 years ago now, but I just didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know how to do it. It just wasn't on my radar. I wasn't surrounded by people doing it. So I was one of the first in my friendship group to have a baby and I just didn't know what I was doing. I'm not saying I know what I'm doing far from it now. I just know I don't know what I'm doing. But at the time, it just felt so overwhelming. But she was great. She latched on. We had a really nice um, experience of it. Um, I, I uh, You know, you hear of the nightmare stories where they won't latch on. And I've actually witnessed my girlfriend going through it quite recently down to a tongue tie but that was pretty, you know, it was pretty emotional watching her go through the whole gambit of emotions and then actually just saying this isn't going to work for us. Um, but I really, I've really loved breastfeeding all my children. And I've even loved the, um, look, we, we work at the same radio station. I've, I've expressed on air I, more times than I care to remember yep. to the point that my producer will just be like could you just turn can you just turn the pump off because we're going to go live in 10 so I'll just give it a little click yeah. and you know do my chat and then int- introduce Shaka Khan and off we pump again and it's mm. been things like that where I've realized in order to be able to successfully breastfeed for me it's been more of a community spirit I've needed everyone around me yeah to to give that support whether, whether it's sim making healthy meals because it really does burn a lot of calories. You just do feel quite depleted. Whether it's just your friends just saying, you know, you know, supporting you on it, because you'll be amazed. It's it really is something that really does divide a lot of people. Some yeah. people will be so judgy about why are you feeding, you know, why do your nipples look like that? Or why do you need to be doing that here? Why don't you just give a bottle? Why don't you do a top up with the formula? To the point you really start questioning yourself. And you just need a bit of support, ultimately. And I think that makes it a lot more of a very different journey. It's one of the things that always makes my jaw drop drop to the floor when I hear that people have such strong opinions on how you should feed your own baby. Like, on what planet would you turn around to somebody in a cafe and go, oh, actually, you shouldn't order the the beef steak. You should go for the uh, flat iron chicken because it's much better. It's like, no, please fuck off. This is not your, this is nothing to do with you. If you're thinking it, keep it in your head like I just I just I don't think it's very healthy and I also don't think I think there's such antiquated views on how you should feed your child there's such conflicting advice you should be doing it like this you should be doing like that whatever works for you and your family whatever's best go for it and we should all be going well done because you've created a human and you're keeping a human alive (laughs) and we know what goes into it you know this is just quite a fleeting moment actually Mm -hmm. you know what about all the rest and the schooling years and all the turmoil and all the questions you need to answer and there's so much more involved but no one really gets involved in that bit everyone just wants to tell you how you should feed your baby and I think that the fact that images are 
um, often censored yeah. when it comes to breastfeeding and nipples in general. It's just it, the way that it's then imparted for women to feel I think what message does that send out I'm glad that my girls have seen me breastfeed and they just don't even think anything of it it's just yeah. it's just what you do if that's us helping to keep smashing that ceiling putting another dent in that ceiling then I think that, that we we've got a, a, a job as mums and as women just to keep encouraging that too because 13 years ago when I was on tv pregnant for the first time with Ava like the abuse I got it's like they wanted me to be you know, confined to the countryside with my pregnancy, like it was a Victorian, like a Victorian era. And I really took my courage from seeing other pregnant women, Holly, Davina on TV too. You know, yeah. we could still work. We were yeah. okay. We were actually, it was the, probably the only time I did get to sit down and have a cup of tea that I didn't have to make. Yeah. But it's just people's views are like, you, you know, you should be at home. And I now think, well, the fact that I can breastfeed where I like or, you know, express at work and have the backing of men you know yeah. from, uh, uh, bosses as well as female bosses because actually it, you need them to be on board as well one of the guys at our, our um, work did say well I can't see what the problem is it's inclusive it makes us look great and I just thought brilliant yeah. and that's what brilliant. we need yeah that's absolutely. exactly what we need not being told to go and or express in the loo yeah. you don't do anything else in the loo that's like you certainly wouldn't even chop up your sandwich in the loo but you want me to prepare his his bottle it's just insanity when you break it down yeah. absolutely I think it's really interesting what you were saying about um images of nipples being censored because something I really struggled with was breastfeeding in public and if I see another woman breastfeeding in public, I probably don't even give it a second thought I just you know don't even think about it but for me it felt quite scary and it I know it shouldn't but it did and and I think a lot of people maybe this year especially who are used to being at home you know they haven't had to face breastfeeding in public and now we're coming yeah. you know now we're coming out of this lockdown and they're probably thinking how you know how am I going to do that so what message would you give to people who might be struggling I say confidence? if you can do it just you know just just <laughs> I was going to just say, well, whop them out. Whop them out. I just think that, you know, the more that you put that pressure on yourself, it's like it just becomes like a, it, it, it's, it just, it's like the tail, the dog chasing its own tail. You just, the anxiety just builds up, then the baby won't latch on, then the scarf blows off. And then the, before you know it, the whole thing just feels like a disaster. I used to cover up Ava. I mean, short of putting a duvet over us, I used to, I, I know what that feeling is like. Yeah. But by the time I had my baby boy, I'd never even bought a muslin. It just, I never covered him. And I think actually Amazing. it wasn't, but it wasn't the public side of things for me. It was more older family members. It was more people saying, well, should you be doing that in front of so-and-so's uncle? It would be things like that. But then I'd think, oh God, well, should I? Should I go to another room? But here's the thing. You've probably worn less on the beach in a bikini and yeah. your, your baby's attached to your boob. So it really makes, we should really be questioning as a society, what is our problem here? What is our problem and, with boobs? What is our yes, problem with boobs? They're amazing. They feed our babies. But I think what I try to do when I see a breastfeeding mum is, you know, I'm always trying to be like, yeah, giving the, the heads up. But I also think, am I making her feel bad? Does she think I'm staring? Because <laughs> I'm trying to go like, <laughs> It's, a, it's it's just you know giving the nod to the mums going yeah you're doing a great job you're amazing my um we went to the park yesterday and um Ava was holding Apollo's hand and he tried to run off and just as we were doing it this little boy came careering around on his scooter 
And the mum chased after the boy. He must have been five years old. And she really told him off, but not in a, not like, you know, what are you doing? But, you know, there are people in this park and they're little and they can't get out the way. And she, I went up to her and I just said, thank you. I think you're an incredible mum. You're doing a really good job. And then she broke where she was at and she went, thank you for saying that. Because I thought you might judge me for what my son did to you. Nearly got your yeah. son and nearly ran him over. And you just think, God, we're all just trying to do this around yeah. each other. But yeah. I really admired that that there's a mum out there like that who's teaching her son to do the right thing and pulling him up when he's not because that's what I want to do and you just want that support yeah yeah Yeah, my best friend used to call me the mustard ghost because I had this massive (laughs) mustard muslin that I used to battle with in the wind in the park and I'd be like she'd be like underneath it she'd be like just take the muslin away (laughs) You look like some sort of crazed mustard ghost here. Just take the muslin away. And it was at that point that was really liberating. And I think I had about, it's probably like four or five really good weeks. And I wish, that's it. Someone says to me, what do you regret? I know we can't jog backwards, but I probably would have given it a little bit longer. I needed three months in the end. And I was like, no, I'm done with Which was amazing. amazing. But when you look back on it, and we do hear more positive stories, don't we, G, about how people really are like giving it a whirl, really enjoying it. And then you get to a point where your baby's or your toddler's too. And then it's like extended breastfeeding and then you can't get them to stop. And then there's all that battle. But like you said, it's all about, we just beat ourselves up is it ever the right thing every single day I mean I I fed um, Apollo the longest and um, I think that's probably because of what I'd been through to try and get him and then also because in my head he's my last baby so my attachments were you know very very different to the girls because with the girls I'm always like I was always trying to race to the next yeah um I was going to say, you know, you know, yeah, like the next milestone. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. The next milestone. So, you know, you're trying to get them to walk. You're trying to get them to smile and speak. But with him, I was just trying to enjoy as much baby, baby, baby as I possibly could. But I now, because it's recently happened, you know, feeding, breastfeeding him and knowing what that emotional attachment feels like, I just think, God, we beat each other up so much. And as mums, that emotional attachment, you actually have to produce the love hormone. You have to, you have to produce it in order for your milk to flow. And so you are like this big ball of love. You know, there are some women who can't express without until they've seen a photo of their baby say at work or something and I'm like and these are the women that we're bringing down they're trying to love over here they're trying to just you know make the milk and and keep it all running and we're just trying to take them down it's pretty messed up not on this platform we're all about the love we're all about the support (laughs) what is interesting that somebody um mistook either way whatever but they they thought that I um had been feeding my girls um that I hadn't breastfed and it was really interesting to see what the formula mums get and I just thought this is this is pretty bad it was it's like everyone attacking everybody yeah and it's, I gotta change. it's gotta stop God, it's, it's gotta pretty stop full on yeah it's do you know stop. what I think as well it can sometimes be really not hard to say well done to a stranger like you did like you, you said to that mum you know what I think you're doing a really good job and yeah some people might think oh, I don't know her. Whoa, like that was a bit out of the blue. But 
I can't imagine anyone thinking bad of someone who just says something really nice. And I think that's what I'm going to do now. Like I am going to try and just say something nice to somebody if I think it rather than just think it, just say it, you know, oh, wow, do you know what? You're doing such a good job. And so what if they, you know, if they think, oh God, she's No, because if your kid's well behaved at that time, you already know they're well behaved because Mm. your your anxiety is down and they're behaving themselves. So when people say, well done, they're so well behaved, you're just like, well, because you know that there's what it's taken <laughs> to get them to sit there and yeah. um, behave. But when they're not behaving, it, that's when you, you need the backup. Yeah. You know, if they are having a tantrum, there's a photo of Hero, you know, we, we were photographed, you know, when she was little and she was having a tantrum. And I only recently saw these photos. I didn't even know they existed. And I actually, I just thought, you know, th- those are the days when you actually look at it from what everyone else must have seen. I'm she dragging her out of the shop. She obviously must have wanted to hold something. She had this whole thing about not wanting to return the baskets. And that's when you just need a mum just to go oh, like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Not, oh, oh, my God, God. What's your child doing? Yeah. What kind of mother must you be? Yeah. Or can't, can't you make him behave? It's like, well, no, I can't no. actually. Because he's two and he wants to do what he wants to do. Or like, yeah, you just need somebody to go, you're not alone. My child does yeah. that too. I'm like, yes. Um, now, listen, before we say goodbye, because we could chat to you all day, um, uh, we like to ask our guests the best piece of advice they would give a new parent. Mama knows best. Let everyone butt out. Out. <laughs> out. I love that. And also, what are your sort of go-to products? Okay, so um, I like I like the no, I just like no fuss. I just, I don't need it to be like all bells and whistles. So I'll just go for like normal, just baby oils, which I'll just use as well. Um, like Aveeno creams, those are great as well. Um, I, I just like just, yeah, super simple, not as in simple, just super no fuss yeah so yeah just probably just like yeah just baby oils and novino creams plus all my kids have got very very different skin i've got one 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 of them's got eczema so we're like slathering on the novino yeah it's really good it's re- that's the only thing that really worked with kit as well actually because my my kit had really bad eczema and i found the novino stuff was really good because eczema is a tricky one because when you think ah we're on top of it you take your foot off the gas and then it all just goes yeah uh, is that is Absolutely. that um apollo who's got eczema no it's hero she's she, i think all the all the hand washing is exacerbating it at the minute i'm so. going to um i'm going to message you about that because um i've got an amazing chinese doctor who uh sorted kit out because obviously eczema they they think is obviously all linked to the gut and stuff so let me message you privately I'm gonna sort you out mylene oh my god linked to the gut so i mean she just she's everything <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about that later. Oh, cut out now. Oh, God. Honestly, I really enjoyed this. I feel like I've just had an afternoon with the girls. Oh, it's oh, been amazing. Thank you so much. We've loved it. We've absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for coming on. Take care, thank lovely. You. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you. Thanks, George. Thank you. Bye. We literally could have carried on chatting for like hours and hours yeah. and hours. Mylene is so interesting. Isn't she? Like, so interesting. Like, the music stuff obviously completely fascinates me. I'm not particularly musical. Like, I can't play a musical instrument. Or sing. but it's definitely something that I want Axel and Gigi to learn how to do like even just to read music actually I think Mm. it's 
can you hear that bell? What is that bell? <laughs> I really don't know. Someone going past my house. You've got some cows outside I or something. I don't know what that is. How weird is that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, so it's got a procession of cows with bells yeah, around their necks outside I of home. Have, um, yeah. yeah, I think that, that side of it was, was, was really interesting. And it's definitely going to be takeaways for me because Isla loves singing. Luna's really musical. She loves all types of music. But also, I'm really encouraging them not to listen to nursery rhymes in the car anymore. Like, if they say, oh, can we have nursery rhymes? I'm like, sorry, they're the nursery rhymes are broken forever now because they've done a job for the first four years but I don't want to hear them anymore me personally but also I think it's really good for them to experience different types of music we've got quite yeah. in, heavily into kids bop at the moment we listen to that that's what I was going to say there's actually so many I yeah. think there's um, like a few kids radio stations as well yeah and um, that you can put on in the car and it is like poppy kind of music but yeah. it is so much better than row 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 the boat oh my god Mary had a little lamb <laughs> kill me now um <laughs> so yeah that was good and also i obviously loved her kind of speaking about her blended family situation yes. about being a step parent and all that side of it was really fascinating to me so yeah lovely chat thank you for listening and as always we would love you to rate review and subscribe or follow the podcast and you know what if you've got any suggestions we're not running out because there's so many more people that we want to talk to but we have been doing this for a few years now so please do send them over anyone you know we might not know or you think we might have missed then do drop us a dm we're on at made by mummers or on zoe's own channel at zoe hardman and we'll be back on friday A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.